Time for rolling. Hey, how's everyone doing? Endless55 here. This is uh, episode 15 of Time for Rolling Esports. Uh, this is our recap episode of week 2 of Split 2 going into this week. Uh, Crude and I were very interest, interested in seeing uh, which teams were going to maybe make a move, definitely on the EU side, and uh, to see if you know, Hammers is going to be able to continue their, their strong performance and seeing if any of these bottom teams such as uh, Rogue, Tribe, or Tempo will be able to make a move out of the challengers positions into the top five. Uh, it was really a really exciting weekend altogether. Um, we'll be doing a giveaway soon over on our Twitter page. Uh, most likely we'll be giving away the Baron Elite Force skin. Um, so you can follow us there at TFR underscore esports. I think that's pretty much all I have for news, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Targets. That is one trade. T Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boy Top. Surrey Strike is not oh. enough. Exactly goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's going to get one. He's going to get two. Lost Boy oh, Top. Lost Boy Top. He does it. He gets the two versus one turnaround under the turret. He lifts two. Is a god. Time for rolling. Hey, how's everyone doing? Endless55 here. How you doing, Crude? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Endless? You sound sick. Yeah, I'm still, still on that struggle bus, but we're getting better, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, day two, or uh, week two of Split 2 this weekend. Uh, let's start going into day one. We're going to not focus as much on these drafts and kind of break down every draft we're going to break down some of the big game drafts but we're just going to mainly give kind of a quick overview of some of these matches and go more into what happened during the matches and uh stats and things like that instead of just reading off every draft we'll still do drafts for day two we think those are more important since those are semifinals, final games but for day one we're going to kind of speed things along and not have as long of a day one all right, so let, real quick let's break down uh, europe's bracket here so we had we saw sk go up against cyclone we saw Mouse Sports taking on Fnatic. We saw G2 Sports taking on Rising Lotus. And we saw Team Secret up against Fluffy Chickens. Yes, we got SK. They beat Cyclone 2-0. to zero. Um, Cyclone threw pretty hard there. Uh, yep. They all, kind cool. of, they all kind of admitted it. Even Cyclone, or even G2, or wow, even SK was like, GG boys, I don't think we deserve that second game, but they move on to semifinals. Uh, Odds was kind of laughing about it on Twitter as well. They definitely had a great, they had a great game too. I don't know what happened, but they definitely tried Waldemar, to. Waldemar, he tried to like tank up the two turrets. And he just <laughs> turret shots. I'm like, bro, oh, fail, fail, abort, yep. abort. Oh, it was hilarious. So Cyclone loses that matchup against SK. Mouse Sports versus Fnatic. Game one, Fnatic looks really strong. Um, Game two, Mouse Sports put up a good fight. I was pretty impressed. It was good seeing them have a strong fight, but Fnatic still edged them in that game two. Uh, game three, huge disappointment coming out of 
Rising Lotus. Yeah. I picked them to beat G2. I was hoping they would beat G2, but they had a forfeit. And when did they forfeit? Like They did the first draft, and then they were like getting ready to break down the game, like going back to the analyst desk, and uh, Action Jackson comes on. He's like, wait, huge news. Uh, Rising Lotus, Lotus forfeited. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I wonder what happened there for them to have to forfeit. Yeah. Something major had to have happened, or I don't know. How would you be in a game to draft and then decide you can't play? That's, that's kind of crazy to me. So we see G2 move on to day two. Uh, and then Team Secret versus Fluffy Chickens. We were excited to see if Fluffy Chickens could put up a good fight against Team Secret. Not the case. Team Secret takes that game 2-0 and moves on to semifinals. So yeah, let's Go ahead and switch transition to NA, and let's break down. Uh, first matchup, Immortals versus Cloud9. I think me and you both had Cloud9 win this game when we did our predictions episode. Kind of went exactly how we expected. Yeah, I agree. And real quick, I thought for the first game, I guess, I know we said we weren't going to talk about the draft as much, but we saw that uh, uh, C9, go ahead, or I'm sorry, Immortals go ahead and pick up both uh, double heal. They got the Adagio and the uh, the Lyra, and I thought that was pretty interesting. I was really, I was really excited for that draft comp there, and they have that Black Feather who can get into the back line. Um, didn't end up working out for them, but I still like that draft. They just didn't execute it. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you feel like the sustain coming out of that that uh, comp with even Black Feather once he gets like a, a Serpent's Mask and have that double heal. I feel like that's a pretty strong comp. Old School was really smart and countered that double heal by building that um, Poison Shiv, and that does a great, you know, putting out those mortal runes, and it's a really good counter to those healing and be able to actually burst them down even with all that heal coming out. I think that was probably the, the main difference in this game. You see Old School go 11-2 on this Gwyn. No Tension Bow. I think with this double heal, I think it was pointless to do Tension Bow. You wouldn't have that early game advantage and burst because even if you do 276 damage once you get Tension Bow, uh, you get double heals coming right back out, anyways. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about, it was it was weird. Immortals did not have an atlas until much later on in the game, and I thought I was kind of questioning, like, why why does Blackfeather not get an atlas? You know, they can get in that back line and get onto um, old school and you know slow down his attack speed. So I was yeah, really they never did complete that atlas. I think. Um, I think Aloha prioritized his Shiv, which makes sense after he got his Serpents. Didn't come close to breaking point. Uh, Aloha or um, DNZO, it's hard for him to get on anyone to Shiv or to Atlas. I mean, Veins, I mean, if he portals in and Atlas, Atlases, I mean, still, you kind of have to maybe prioritize that Atlas. And once you see old school not doing intention bow route, having those double attack speed items, I mean, I, that's definitely a pretty big weakness, I think, coming out of Immortals. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's hard sometimes for you know I guess the Rome captain position or whatever to figure out what the team wants to prioritize. Maybe they didn't think that the Atlas was necessary. Maybe they you know they were focusing more War Treads or Crucible or you know Fountain. There's there's so many things for the, the captain Rome to to uh, prioritize. They maybe that you know obviously they were trying to get to that point, but the game didn't last long enough for them to get that. So yeah, I mean one thing that you see uh, Lyra's doing a lot is kind of stacking health, and you see Veins have that. The Okar and a Fountain and a Crucible. That's a lot of help to help Lyra with that Imperial Sigil when she throws out her A and that heal. So, I mean, when she spends a lot of gold on things besides Atlas, you need to be saying, like, Aloha, like, maybe your third item should be an Atlas. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you have I Love Joseph being able to, you know, do a lot of damage, too, 
and you know Aloha had to build some shield, and I think it was just an uphill battle for Immortals altogether. And uh, the squad from C9, they take that game 17-3. to uh, some Real quick, some of Gabe's gauntlets, which, I mean, this is no big news or anything. His gauntlets were top-notch. They they were godly. So I was kind of su- that in there. I was kind of surprised they did pick up the Arden with a Blackfeather. You know, Blackfeather can just rose offensive out of those gauntlets. And, um, I mean, I guess you can still trap that uh, the Adagio or a Lyra. Even the Lyra can portal as well. So I, I was really surprised. I mean, I guess Lance was gone. Glaive's gone. Flicker's gone. So, I mean, really the only thing would have been like maybe a Captain Glaive. But I, maybe Arden's just his uh, vanguards in general were what the, they went for there. Uh, so for game yep. two, do you want to talk about the main things for this game two and if Immortals did anything in their power to maybe counter? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're looking at the draft. Um, I did like that the fact that they had the Kestrel and the Samuel maybe do a little bit of kiting. But uh, C9, they actually, I like their draft better. They picked up that Black Feather and that Adagio. Uh, they also had the Lance as well. I mean, yeah, I was still interested. I was kind of surprised to see that Takaban Samuel pickup coming out of Cloud9 Immortals. I know this is the first game. I didn't know if this was going to be a trend we saw coming in uh, later on into NA. Uh, we did see uh, Samuel in this week two of uh, split two. Samuel being picked up. Uh, let's see. Samuel got picked up four times in that day one and uh, one, two of the game. So 50% win rate. Uh, I think Immortals try to imitate what Cloud9 did game one, and they didn't be able to execute it exactly how they wanted. Uh, we see uh, DNZO just not, I don't know, this this lane Kestrel, I feel like it's a lot weaker than like maybe a CP jungle Kestrel. That's just how I feel. Yeah. Maybe it just depends on who it's on or the comp. But I see a lot more success when it comes like down to the jungle Kestrel compared to a lane Kestrel. And I mean, looking at, you know, old school versus, I guess, the NZO and their positions, um, the NZO maybe not as strong on that, that Kestrel. Maybe that's not one of more his uh, comfortable heroes. But we know that old school is one of the best Adagio players, probably. He used to be extremely good at Adagio, and he proved it again. I mean, he, he was so good with his positioning and his, his damage output with that Adagio. He pretty much took over that game, in my opinion. Yeah, you see, I love Joseph. Then pull out the black feather, and he's like, hey, mortals, I'll show you how to buy an atlas and how to use that <laughs> atlas. Uh, he used that pretty successfully along with Lance. I mean... I don't know, man. I don't know if you saw Gabe's impales paired up with his Githian walls, but the amount of three-man impales followed by a three-man stun was just outrageous. He just kept them in place. They couldn't. There were some team fights that Gabe literally won it for them, even though he wasn't doing the damage. He just kept everyone there for his team just to take no damage and have old school just stack those broken myth stacks. Yeah, I mean, once again, props to Gabe Vizzle for doing that, but. At the same time, it's like, man, you got to look at Immortals and be like, okay, you got a lance on there. You guys cannot group up and stand on top of each other. That's exactly what's going to happen every time. And if you get that three-man impale with the three-man Githian wall, it's it. that's a lot of time that you're getting just taking damage and not being able to put out any damage. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I mean, in it. It's hard. It's easy for us to sit here and say, like, don't group up. But, like, I remember, I remember one of the impales followed by the stuns was as they were kind of retreating past their crystal sentry up near their heel, their heel minion on their side. So, I mean, there's not much room, and they don't want to split up. They kinda take, they're trying to take the quickest route. So, I mean, as hard as it can be, they don't want to split up, and yeah. you don't want to stick together. So it's a very hard balance of 
getting far enough away, maybe having like a war treads coming out of veins to maybe get his team out of those situations. But I mean, even then Gabe with his, um, you know, combat role, he had war treads. He can catch up pretty fast himself. Same with I love Joseph and his rose offensive. So, uh, unfortunately, Immortals is still struggling. They're not putting themselves in a very good position. Uh, we got C tribe tempo and even rogue, depending on what they may do to bump Immortals down to challengers and have, Maybe Immortals fall past out of sixth place where they can't even go to these live finals. So let's go into this Rogan Tribe game, which was probably both of our, our matches to watch just because of the point standing. And I was kind of excited to see maybe Rogue uh, show up, play well against a, a, a team that's really strong coming out of Tribe with status and the rest of the crew. Um, Rogue has to... You know, they were saying this whole, like, you know, challenger teams can't beat the V8 teams. We saw Tempo do that against Gangsters last week, so we're still waiting to see Tribe do that this week. Uh, let's break down the drafts for this game. Game one, we see Tribe on A, Rogue on B. We got Tribe banning away that Adagio. Uh, Rogue, they go ahead and ban away that pedal, which I know status is very strong on that pedal, so that doesn't really surprise me. I was surprised it was the first band. I don't think Tribe would have first picked pedal. Uh, first pickup for Tribe, we get Lyra, and then first pickup for Rogue, we see Glaive. Uh, first, second round of bands, we have Gwyn and Vox being banned away. Gwyn on that Tribe side, Vox on the Rogue. Uh, for the last two pickups, we see Samuel again on the Tribe side, and then we see uh, a Ringo. So that's a pretty good poke comp coming out of that um, Tribe. So I think Rogue, they attempted to go and outpoke them by picking up a Celeste and a Lance. So that's a pretty strong... Uh, early game out of the jungle with a weapon power glaive and a, a lance pretty strong early game then that celeste uh they needed to hyper carry that celeste and kind of carry her into that late game kind of was an uphill battle for a tribe or for rogue during this game yeah i thought it was really i mean interesting the fact that you know tribe they had they were more of like a poke comp but rogue had a lot of like cc i mean they they could you know with the glaive they get in the back the back line and um reposition you know whether they wanted to reposition samuel or ringo and then you got that lance who can get the in wall and impale and then you also chain that up with celeste's um core collapse there's there's a lot of cc there so it was kind of like the tale of two different comps i was interested to see how each team executed it and um i mean starting out tribe you know they got first blood at 130 they were putting the pressure on and I, I think tribe's early game was better than what rogues was and that's the thing, when you have a, a triple comp, high heavy CC comp like this, you can't really let, you can't really sit back and be passive while you let a poke comp from Pawn and Status do a lot of damage and like E36. Like, uh, you know, when Status is being aggressive, has that, that drifting dark and is just sitting in there getting mouse and verdicts off over and over, you know, um, Sibs has to afterburn in there and try to knock him out of his drifting dark so it puts him in more of a difficult place. I mean, not necessarily knock him towards Celeste. I mean, Celeste has, once she gets level 8, she has that increased range. That's her power spike. But we just saw them just kind of group up and not really, you know, aggress on Status. When I mean, when you get in Samuel's face, it's pretty difficult for Samuel to get out and kind of keep himself safe. So, I mean, uh, as much as Celeste wants to be safe, uh, Samuel's in the same position here. So, we really just saw the lack of communication aggression coming out of Evol and Sibs. Uh, you know, we've seen Rogue run this Celeste a lot, and I, Rogue just hasn't had much success. Thankfully, the Celeste was in the lane this round and not in the jungle like they have in the past. <laughs> So, you know, I thought this was a good comp coming out of them with this triple CC, but if you're not going to be aggressive on top of that Samuel and let him sit back with that Frostburn Broken Myth, it really can be a struggle for them.
Yeah, I mean, it pretty much was tribe pretty much most of the time. Rogue at one point they did it was around the ten minute mark. They uh, tribe was going down towards the crystal century, and Rogue did get a good fight out of that. And I thought hmm, maybe they could turn it around, but um, tribe just ended up you know out farming and they were choking out uh, Rogue, and it, it just ended up tribe uh, snowballed from early on and ended up uh, getting the crack at the seventeen minute mark and pushing and taking game one. So yeah, I mean when you see these team fights with the Celeste lasting long enough and you have Celeste in a good position, uh, no one's jumping on top of Celeste to make her uncomfortable. You don't have a Ringo, or you don't have Ringo Samuel jumping on top of her. I mean, unless you have live reporting, doing a report on top of Celeste. But for the most part, when he, when Hammy could sit back, get Broken Mist Stacks, and maybe hit that Solar Storm, I mean, that's really clutch. You can kind of wipe someone off the map just by hitting a Solar Storm like that. But we saw one successful fight, but for the most part, it just, I mean, that was the only really good fight we had out of that. And like you said, I mean, Status uh, didn't do too much this game. He was kind of a nuisance, but you saw upon the original going 7-0 and zero on that Ringo, 16,000 gold net worth during that match. So, I mean, that was a great game coming out of Pawn. Uh, and I, I was pretty impressed with Tribe. I did not think that's how that game was going to go. I know you picked Tribe to win it. I know we know they're a strong team, but I thought Rogue would definitely come out on top. Yeah. So you want to go ahead and dive into the draft, too? Yeah, let's go ahead and break down game two. All right, so first up, we got Rogue on the A side. We got Tribe on B side this time. Uh, right away, we see Rogue go ahead and they ban out that Adagio, and then Tribe comes through and bans out that Lyris. We don't have any healers this uh, this matchup. Uh, that allows Rogue to go ahead and pick up the Glaive, and then Tribe, for their first pickup, they pick up the Lance. Uh, the next set of bans, we see uh, Gwen get banned, and then it was kind of interesting. We saw Tribe ban out Finn. So maybe they were thinking that if Glaive wasn't going to be, uh, you know, the captain, they were going to try to make force them onto a, a lower-end captain hero. But it ended up that that Glaive was captain. So for our final two pickups, we see Rogue, they go ahead and pick up Samuel, and they pick up Baron. And then Tribe picks up that Vox. And I thought it was a great pickup. They picked up that Taka because that Taka can really get in the back line and do some damage on that Baron and Samuel, which, you know, their goal is... Um, to either kite or wait until the end game and get as late into the game as they can and get that Baron online with a four offensive item spike. Yeah, I mean, we know Lance uh, or Finn is a good counter to Lance mid-game, late game because Finn can just stand there. He doesn't get knocked over, knocked around, doesn't get impaled, doesn't get stunned. So uh, Lance is a great, fr uh, or Finn is a great front wall against that Lance. So, I mean, they just didn't want to have that nuisance of not being able to triple impale someone with the triple stun so i mean uh that was a pretty smart move kind of tribe to ban that finn and maybe put rogue on a that uh captain glaive but yeah i mean tribe picking that taka to counter that samuel and not allow uh samuel to sit back and do nothing uh we saw rogue make that mistake when tribe was on samuel sitting back and allowing samuel to stack up but you know with that taka taka does a great job of you know, sneaking around those drifting darks getting on the back line on top of samuel uh, we know Baron's whole goal is to get that four-item power spike and get into that late game. Um, but, you know, we just didn't really see that coming out of Rogue uh, in this game and not really executing this comp maybe as successfully as they wanted. Uh, my main issue was just Hammy, you know. He struggled early game, you know, trying to get this farm. He missed a lot of farm. I don't know if he was just mistiming it, but he was trying to throw out, you know, some of his A, and then it would just not land as quick. You know, it's kind of a hard timing to land that last hit if you're not, if you're uncomfortable and can't get close enough to auto attack, which we saw uh, that Lance babysitting uh, Pawn in the lane on that Vox and made 
Hammy's very laning phase, very difficult, which I think that's what lost the game for Rogue, is Hammy just was behind 20 or 30 CS, I mean, halfway through the game. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, did you see Pond's build on that box? Yeah, he went uh, Serpent's Mask, Serpent's Tornado Trigger, Tornado. and Tyrant's Marnival. Yeah, which was, I mean, I, I've seen some stuff on Twitter, a lot of people talking about the Serpent's Mask on box and stuff like that. And some people thinking it's stupid, and other people thinking it's good. You know, I, I I agree with it. It was here, obviously, it worked out really well for Pond. He was able to get that sustain, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a very smart build. That's not uh, even the normal build. The normal build on this box right now, or not the normal, the newer one that's coming out, is the Serpent's Mask, uh, Poison Shiv, and Breaking Point. You have, right, right. you have the double sustain, and it does stack well with that Breaking Point. And that's why you heard the announcers during this match go, I mean, he always got Serpent's Mask. He's probably going to go for this double sustain Breaking Point. But then he goes to Tornado Trigger, and then he gets Tyrant. So he had no Breaking Point. He had nothing to last. But, I mean, the crit coming the out of crit. it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, he, he was getting that crit. And, I mean, the, with the Tornado Trigger, the amount of – damage he was able to put out with the long the amount of sustain i just thought was really smart so yeah i'm definitely going to look back once we get through day two as well look at every vox build and see what's the most popular because it is kind of confusing right now i know it's I, a lot of people think it's situational for this double sustain if you're against a heal comp it is smart to have that double sustain on that box so you can maybe outlast the healing um but a lot of people still think maybe like a sorrow blade sorrow blade tornado trigger broke or breaking point that kind of stuff is more the common one we don't really see breaking point double tyrants anymore but i mean there's been a lot of mix-ups of comps i think they're still trying to figure out which one's strongest so i mean i'll be interested to see after day two once i go back and look at all the stats and see who wins the most which comp works the best or which build works the best yeah so i mean rounding out this game we pretty much just see that you know tribe uh, they get cracking at the 16 minute mark and they just pretty much push down uh, the turret, the remaining turrets in the crystal uh, for for Rogue and uh, pretty much take both these games 2 0. And they looked really strong doing it. So, yeah, so let's move over to another pretty interesting matchup with Hammers and Tempo Storm. Uh, I think we had both picked Hammers on this game and we were still kind of questioning maybe that Tempo Storm would come out and play really well and do well against Hammers. I know Hammers looked really good last week. And we were uh, kind of waiting to see if Hammer's going to be able to continue that, you know, power spike into this week. Uh, so you want to go ahead and break down this first draft? Absolutely. So first up, we got Tempo Storm on side A, and then we got Hammer's on side B. Um, right away, we see Tempo Storm. They go ahead and ban out the Lance, and then Hammer's comes back and bans out of box, which I was kind of interesting because, I mean, you know, you have a captain position and you have a carry position that's banned out, so that leaves a lot of stuff open still. Um, so Tempo Storm, they go ahead and pick up a Glaive. And then Hammers comes back and picks up the, the Kestrel. Uh, so the next bands we see Akashka getting banned out, which obviously I think that's very smart. You don't want uh, uh, T-Tigers on that Kashka. And then uh, Hammers, they come back and they ban out the Gwen. So for the final two pickups, we see Tempo Storm pick up a, uh, a Ringo and a Finn. And then we see Hammers pick up that Lyra and that Petal. And we know T-Tigers and that Petal is a lookout, that, that he's going to be doing some serious damage on that, that Petal. Yeah, it was going to be a pretty strong early game coming out of Hammers. They were going to aggress right from the bat with those Glimmer shots coming out of um, starting all over and then T-Tigers on that Petal. I don't know. Every time I see a Petal being played, it kind of is always just an very hard, a big struggle for whoever they're playing. So, uh, Sweet Generous kind of said in the very beginning, right before the match started, he said, 
good luck Tempo Storm because he knew that <laughs> T-Tigers on that pedal was just going to be a, a nightmare and very difficult to deal with, which, uh, I mean, that's kind of what we saw. Starting all over, he did a pretty strong job on this Kestrel. Uh, we see Kestrel being picked four times on day two, on day one, excuse me, and having two victories. So a 50% win rate, I think, starting is the only one to get an actual win in the lane. The other one did come out of the jungle. Uh, you know, I was kind of excited to see Lost Boy on this fin again, but uh, Lost Boy just didn't perform this game as much as I was hoping. It kind of, it's kind of a hard struggle for a fin against a pedal when you can't run anyways, let alone when you have a frost burn, that pedal just really chomps down that fin pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, plus the trampoline, plus when Lyra throws out her Imperial Sigil and it does the burst, you get that, that speed movement. So yeah, that fin wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I mean, so we go ahead and see, we got uh, turret one goes down about the six minute mark in favor of hammers. And then the turret two goes down at 11 minutes. So hammers just kind of, you know, they just start steamrolling. I mean, once, once it set in, it was hammers uh, not letting off the gas pedal pretty much until the game was over. Yeah. I mean, this is what match are we on for day one? This is match five, I believe. You know who we haven't seen yet? We haven't seen Akashka, which I'm very, I was very surprised with because I mean I understand the glaive is very important to have with the afterburn and the knockback, but I just felt like Hyde in this case didn't really do much with this glaive. Uh, Selena did put out some damage, went three and five, but you know Hyde just kind of struggled. I was thinking maybe Akashka in this case would have been a uh, nice. Akashka doesn't necessarily counter the pedal, but you know Akashka can maybe. Uh, pouncy fun on top of pedal and get past those munions and then maybe do a little more damage and cause more you know disruption for uh, hammers but I just you know Hyde didn't really do much for me in this game and kind of was just there Selena was kind of on that uphill battle by himself trying to do damage yeah and it wasn't he wasn't doing any damage because I remember looking at the 12 30 minute mark starting all over had four full tier three offensive items and Selena had two you're never going to win when you're that far behind in offensive items. Like, yeah. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you're not winning much damage. Even starting all over his auto attacks on that Kestrel were, you know, critting a crazy amount yeah. because he had those Tyrant's Monocles, let alone his Glimmer shots. So, yeah, starting all over uh, did a pretty good job. We saw in this case, like we had talked about earlier, they banned away Vox and Gwen right away. Didn't even touch the Ringo. So, I mean, starting doesn't really worry about the Ringo. Doesn't really play that Ringo anymore. And I think he's may may have shifted a little bit with this meta on who he favors. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to go ahead and switch over to the game two? I mean, game one, obviously, Hammers took it. They got the crack in 17-minute mark, and they pushed down the turrets for the win. So you want to switch over to game two and do the draft? Yeah, T-Tigers in that last game, he kind of just pushed that early game aggression and just kind of allowed Hammers to continue it and let starting all over have a good game in the late game. Uh, game two, we see Hammers on A, Tempo on B. Hammers go ahead and ban away that Finn right away, which then Tempo bans away the Lance because, you know, once that fin was banned, Tempo's kind of thinking they're going to go for the Lance pick. So they go ahead and ban it away as well. Hammers, first round of pickup. They pick up that Glaive, and then Tempo's going to have them pick up that Tempo Storm. Or <laughs> Tempo's going to pick up the Tempo Storm. Uh, whatever. Let's try that again. <laughs> Tempo's going to go ahead and pick up the Kestrel because they don't want starting all over on that Kestrel again. Second round of bans, we see a box ban from Hammers. Then we see the Kashka ban from Tempo, which so now Kashka's finally been banned, still not picked to actually be played. Uh, the last two rounds of pickups, we have Hammers picking up that Gwyn, and then that um, 
Adagio, and then Tempo picks up the Lyra, and then the Ringo. So, uh, I mean, looking at these two drafts from the bat or from the very beginning, who did you kind of favor, and who who had to execute what better? Uh, I mean, for me, in my opinion, I think I liked Hammer's draft a little bit better, um, just for the simple fact that. Uh, they had kind of more of that crowd control with, um, you know, you can get that Adagio ult to zone out. Um, you can also use your, you know, your your knockbacks from your clave. And then you have that stun from Gwen. And uh, Tempo Storm, they don't really have as much crowd control. I mean, you can, I guess you can kind of set up the the trap from Kestrel, but that's... I mean, I think Hammer's draft, for the most part, they had the Buckshot come on the Gwen. They had a lot of slows and a lot of good opportunities to kind of stick on tempo and kind of dominate them. Uh, we see, uh, starting all over on this um, Gwen, you know, 7-0, know, had a really strong early game on this Gwen. Uh, T-Tigers uh, did really well with this cooldown glaive. I mean, cooldown glaive is pretty hit and miss for me. It works in some games. It doesn't work in others. So it's kind of, kind of can be difficult to execute. And it just depends on, you know, you know when you can knock back someone into chicken who can just get to fire himself and, you know, you can't get away from starting all over. That's kind of a pretty sticky situation. There was times where we saw you know, starting and Selena go toe-to-toe -to -toe and just the stutter stepping kind of Selena was a little sloppier than starting all over and starting would normally win those matchups. Yeah, and I, I mean, props to Hammers. They did a really good job of doing a lot of, like, counter-jungling in their early game was uh, definitely on point. Um, I mean, the turret one goes finally goes down at the 8-minute or 8.30-minute mark uh, in favor of Hammers. Hammers gets an ace at 9.30, and then they take out the number two turret. So in a matter of a minute, we see two turrets go down with an ace, and it it pretty much just started to snowball from there again. It was um, Hammers just going, okay, we got this in, this game under control, and we're going to start uh, really pushing you guys around. Yeah, I mean, Hyde is known for his Kestrel, Crystal Kestrel, and uh, you know, Sweet thought going into this game, if Hyde plays the ability he can with this Kestrel, that was going to be a difficult match for Hammers. Uh, I just don't think Hyde really had the, the best positioning. Uh, we saw a lot of good knockbacks coming from T-Tigers to where he wouldn't allow Hyde to sit in these um, traps and sit in the, like, and, you know, be able to be invincible or, you know, perma-stealth we see coming out of these Crystal Kestrels that can be very annoying. But, yeah, I mean... We saw starting kind of have that uh, early game advantage, go into the late game, out farming Selena, and I think just like we saw earlier with Cloud9 against Immortals, I think Hammers asserted themselves in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was crazy too. Then I mean, Tempo Storm, they it was like they they kept thinking that they had an advantage because they would keep going like you know they'd get Ace and then they you know respawn and they go right back to try to fight again. And I mean, like we were, I was talking about earlier, with the the two turrets and the ace in a matter of a minute, they go back out and they get aced again at the 11 minute mark. And then Hammers go ahead and takes the choke turret, and they're probably just sitting there laughing, going, "Okay, we'll do this all day." And so then again, they get an ace at the 12 minute mark. I mean, within five minutes, we got like what four aces and like three turrets gone, and they just kept coming back. And like it was almost like they were just trying to throw the game. <laughs> and I mean, really, honestly, because. At some point, you gotta go. Okay, maybe we should sit back, farm up, try to get more items, and then try to fight. But they just kept going back, and Hammers was just like, "Yeah, we'll do this all day." I mean, twelve thirty-three, the game ends, so Tempo did not give them chance 
themselves a chance to maybe last into the late game. Um, we saw, you know, Tempo, they beat Gangsters last week in the third place matchup. So I was excited to see Tempo come into play, the Hammer squad. But, you know, they just didn't show up maybe as well as they did. Maybe they didn't have the best drafts compared they did against Gangstars. Or uh, maybe Gangstars is just slowly dropping on one where they fall in position-wise. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, sometimes you see teams kind of like maybe catch them off guard and we're going to come back out here and try to fight again right after we died. But uh, we kind of see that happen later on, which we'll talk about between Gangstars and TSM. Similar trend of them just continuing to try to fight and the fight's just never working out for you right so yeah we see hammer take that game uh they went 2-0 and move on to day two um so our last matchup is that gangstars first team solo mid uh, i think this is a big matchup for gangstars they really wanted to win and maybe assert themselves and that they are still a top three team um we don't really necessarily go through all the drafts uh, I just want to say for game one, we do see Flash pick up the Flicker. No one really touches Flicker besides Flash. I mean, we did see it banned in the game one of Immortals vs. Cloud9, but it's never been touched. He's 5-0 and before this game on Flicker. They haven't lost when he plays Flicker. They win this game to move 6-0 and on Flicker. Is it just Flash that like appreciates how uh, dangerous Flicker's invincibility is, and the movement speed, and then the slow, like, and the combos you can have? Because it's pretty insane. We saw some early ganks coming out of Team Still Mid against Gangstars. Uh, I'll just mention the, the the players for each before you can break down some of the matchups or the the fights. But Gangstars had Lance, Ringo, and Sky, and then Team Still Mid had Gwen, Kestrel, and Flicker. Yeah, I mean, going back to the whole Flash X thing with with Flicker, I. You know, I would like to see other people try this, like with, you know, Gabe Vizzle or Chicken, or I don't know, I have no idea why it's just Flash, Flash X who's utilizing this flicker, and, I mean, he's doing fantastic with it. But, I mean, I also, what I liked about this TSM comp is they got that Kestrel and that flicker. So, you have two of these heroes that can go invisible, or, you know, like stealth, invisible. Perma-stealth. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're just moving around the map, and it, that, really fo- that really makes Wrecked have to focus on vision. And, I mean, obviously, he didn't – I don't think he focused it enough, in my opinion. But uh, these guys just – you know, they got – the ganks were ridiculous, which I figured they would be with a with a Flicker and a, a Kestrel. So, yeah, that was – I don't know. I want to see other captain, you know, Gabe Vizzle, Chicken, you know, people like that um, to, to focus this Flicker. I think, I think Flash is right. I think this Flicker is OP. I think it's the the main reason why Flicker is so strong is that if you win an early game and dominate an early game, the, the games just snowball. They're not long enough games. They're I mean they're not you know they're not long enough to maybe outlast an early game snowball. So when you have a Flicker who can just walk onto Iraqi and your Kestrel's invisible, you don't know she's sitting right next to Iraqi. You know four glimmer shots and a buck shot from Gwyn and Iraqi's dead. Now he has to walk back. He loses farm. Uh, Kestrel sits there and four glimmer shots chunks down the turrets. I mean you can just push so fast and next thing you know there's no chance of you coming back unless a team solo mid makes a mistake but you don't see mistakes coming out of these high you know high level teams so i mean if this meta has been an early game meta for a long time now we haven't seen it shift that much and that's why these weapon carries like a gwen and these kashkas are really strong right now so i mean it, i wrecked i don't know what he could have done better he tried to get some yeah. vision. Uh, once he started, he started getting some better Githian walls out, but I, I was just a hard matchup for Gangstars. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see, you know, Flash X, they had a great, he had a great call to do a turret dive and get an ace. Um, the TSM gets the win at the 11 minute mark. Um, and I, I, it was kind of funny. I wasn't really paying attention to it throughout the game, but then I looked once the, uh, the end game builds came up and Von C had no defense, which I mean, I know that catch flow you're not really supposed to until maybe really late in the game. And obviously it only went to 11 minute mark, but he was all blue with tier one boots. That's all he had. And I was like, yep, that, that Von C, he's going to do some damage. Yeah, I mean, 11 minutes, like, I, I understand. This is why I am kind of excited, just because the game in Vainglory, you can snowball really fast. There's not much else happening on the map besides one lane in the jungle. So, you know, once we get to 5v5, it's going to be really interesting to see the difference that comes out in Vainglory and how the games last. Uh, you know, you can see you see a lot more turnarounds coming out of League of Legends, not as big of, like, one-sided matches. I'm not saying we do have only one-sided. We used to have only one-sided matches in Vainglory, but now with a lot more teams kind of being on the same skill tier, we see a lot more matchups and we do see some you know turnarounds late game and some mistakes but you know 11 minutes that game's that's that for a pro game 11 minutes that's pretty sad yeah and you can't talk about that 5v5 that just gets me too hype it's gonna be, it's yeah it's gonna be nuts it's gonna change it. because they're like and then they tell you it's like well we're not sure when but we're, we're working on it and i'm like that's gonna be like three years it's gonna be no. hard like you're gonna have to no do... offense to SDMC. i'm just i'm like i want it to be out now so yeah even if it comes out by the end of the year it's still not early they have like I'm... 70 employees and they have to somehow figure out how to implement a 5v5 how and test how things are going to change you have 30 what 30 two heroes in the game 31 yeah. and like i mean you have 10 heroes on the same map you're playing on a mobile anyways we digress let's go into game two shall we <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh for kind of talking about the draft real quick we see i think the big thing to focus on is gangstars uh xenotech gets his black feather and i was really excited about that what do you think about Zeno getting his black feather yeah i thought when I saw it, you know, Iraqi on that, uh, Adagio, Adagio is very strong in the lane. I think when Adagio does play in the lane, those matches tend to go the team's way, whoever has Adagio. Wrecked once again on his lance that he's pretty strong with. He always seems to be the most comfortable on him. Uh, team still mid. They ban that flicker. They don't want Gangstars to pick it up. I don't know if Gangstars would have picked it up because they were just too scared to have Team still mid play it. Obviously, they weren't because they didn't try to ban flicker. So... I mean, I see Von C on the sky again. I was kind of interested. A lot of people think sky is not as strong, but you know, if you land your abilities and you're a high talented player, then sky is super strong. Sky's damage output's pretty insane. But you know, I we did see Von C actually kind of struggle early game. He ended eight and four, but early game Iraqi held his own against Von C. Absolutely. I mean, we see uh, Gangstars got first blood at two thirty, but then from there out for a little bit, it was uh, uh, TSM kind of you know, doing what they wanted to do in the jungle and, and handling it. But then we do see that the Gangstars, they do get a turnaround. They get a good fight at the eight-minute mark. They take down Best Chuck and Bonsi, and they also get the gold mine off the back of it. So I thought, hmm, maybe they're going to try to claw their way back into this game, and it was going to be interesting, but it didn't turn out to be that way, unfortunately. Yeah, that matchup, that little fight there in the jungle was Bonsi getting too aggressive, Flash trying to save him, then Best Chuck rotated just a little yeah. late. He walked right into a a wrecked impale so you know when you have a impale followed by a black feather it's kind of hard to get away from that um yeah we saw best chuck you know he did the 
double sustain in the breaking point build. So he did a very good job of sustaining and outlasting those heals coming out of Iraqi. And Zeno, you know, he's also healing himself with a Serpent's Mask. But uh, we saw Zeno get that, you know, Shiver Steel pretty early, trying to apply that slow and not maybe going for breaking point and that damage output he needed to maybe chunk down that Von C. Because, you know, with against the sky, you can Rose Offensive reposition yourself to maybe make sky miss her abilities but even yourself you have to be hitting your own points to survive and you know how mobile sky is yeah absolutely and i mean here again in my notes that we see so turret one falls at 10 30 in favor of tsm and then uh tsm gets an ace at the 12 minute mark and they take another they take the second turret and then tsm gets an ace at the 13 minute mark take the gold mine and our jungle. So here again, we just see it was like Gangstar just kept coming back. And, you know, I mean, I'm obviously not a Vanglorious Gold player, quite obviously, but I don't understand the aspect of not trying to, you know, farm up, get more of your items, but instead just going back out and giving off aces. I mean, they gave three aces back to back to back. And I'm like, what is that accomplishing? I, yeah, I, I get the whole thing where you need to try to catch them off guard. And I don't know if, I mean, I guess the main thing we do need to look step back and realize is if everything does happen right for Gangsters, if they get that Impale perfect, if they get his Iraqi's Gift of Fire plus his stun out perfect, maybe they maybe they can get that fight to go their way and that's what they need to turn. So maybe it's just that desperate, like, look, we know we're going to maybe lose this game if we need to take this opportunity to try to get a right fight for ourselves to take that advantage. And unfortunately, it's never got that right fight they needed. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, real quick, did you see, I had to write this down in my notes because, you know, Flash X never makes a mistake. Did you see at the 15, 30 minute mark, Flash X accidentally popped his fountain? Yes. <laughs> Best Chuck and Bonsi were both at full health. I think they were yeah. going to try to take another turret. And Flash X pops out, and I'm like, what just happened? And then you just see him turn around. <laughs> I could just hear him talking. Yes. Like, Shit, guys, I popped out. <laughs> yeah, they're, I thought they were going to push, maybe even have a next team fight. Like, let's, we're, you know, we're dominating. Let's just go to the next team fight, keep pushing. And you see Bonsi and Chuck, you know, as soon as it as soon as soon happened, they're just like disappointed. They just turn around and walk all the way back to their backs to go farm and wait for Fountain <laughs> to pop back up. Because that's a big mistake that Gangstars could capitalize yeah. on if they are in that position. So, you know, TSM's not going to take a chance. They're just going to walk away. I can only imagine in comms what Bonsi is saying and yelling at button, Flash. Button, button. yelling at flash like oh you suck flash (laughs) but i mean like i said i'm i'm super interested to see what gangstars can do heading up into the live finals uh spring thing against these europe teams uh we saw them lose the temple storm we saw them lose again to team cell mid so i don't know Uh, i will see how it will end this was just day one so we'll see what happens uh, we'll move, transition here into day two and break down these semifinals and final matchups. But, uh, you know, Gangstar just isn't doing it for me quite yet. Early on in split one, they looked strong, and they just haven't been able to uh, take it to the next level like uh, maybe Hammers and Cloud9 has. Absolutely. All right, so let's go ahead and transition to day two then and break down these semifinals and these finals. It was a crazy day two. All right, so let's go ahead and break down this first matchup of Cloud9 versus TSM. Um, pretty interesting draft here. Not anything we've ever seen before. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I mean, um, right. so diving into the draft here, we see Cloud9 on side A and Team Silamid on side B. Um, starting out, Cloud9 bans out that Kestrel. 
and Team Silamid go ahead and they ban out that Lyra. Uh, so Cloud9 goes ahead and picks up uh, Lance right away. And then uh, Team Silamid picks up Gwen. Uh, the, the second round of bans come out and Cloud9 bans up that Flicker. They don't want Flash X on that Flicker. That's a smart choice there. And then Team Silamid bans up that Glaive. So the final pickups, uh, Cloud9, they pick up Vox and Taka. And then Team Solo Mid comes out and they they pick up Samuel and Petal. So I'm sitting here looking at this going, okay, who's roaming? Yeah, I mean, they were talking about, is it going to be the old Petal roam that used to happen? Or is it going to be, uh, they saw Samuel being like kind of in this captain position very early on when Samuel was first released, really with not that much success. I'm not sure why. Flash didn't pick up a normal roamer, such as, you know, uh, Daggio or um, Arden. But uh, the last pickup for Cloud9 was Taka. So they go ahead and try to counter the Taka with a pedal pickup on Von C, which is fine. But, I mean, you already picked up the Samuel for Von C. I'm sure that Samuel was made for Von C, and then the whole Taka thing happened. So they go ahead and run the comp as uh, Flash on Samuel, Von C on the pedal. Uh, Flash, you know, got that fountain right away, but then just kind of went into attack, and they kind of did the three carry. Flash had a frost burn himself along with a broken myth, so they try to do that uh, poke comp where they could just poke down Cloud9's front line and kind of win the game that way, and it didn't really work out considering Flash, you know, couldn't really sustain. There was really no front line coming out of TSM. Yeah, I mean, we kind of see, it's like what we've talked about before, with, um, you know, like, we, we might sit here and go, okay, why are they doing this? Or we question it, and, like, why are they, you know, what what's up with this draft? But, I mean, like we've talked before, you know, maybe they've practiced this comp before, and it's comp, it, it, this comp has worked, you know, when they've done scrims or practice or something like that. And we know that C9 and TSM, they've scrimmed and practiced each other a lot. So maybe it's something that has worked before, and they wanted to try it. I mean, TSM is at the top of the leaderboards. Yeah, they shouldn't be screwing around, but if they think, that this could maybe try to surprise C9. Um, that's what they tried to do. But as we can see, it didn't really work out. I mean, C9, they got a, a triple kill a minute and 30 seconds into the game. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of hard to, as a captain, play a captain role where you're used to having a lot of a high base health, um, you know, and you know, being able to survive like a, being a front line like that. You know, we see Samuel, he starts out the game with, 687 health, energy 290, armor and shield 20 each. So Samuel, he, you know, he's not very tanky. You know, you compare that 200-some base health to, like, uh, an Arden who starts with 801. So, I mean, there's a big difference there. Samuel definitely, you know, they had to get to that level 6 so they can use his Samuel's all as a part of utility and actually have some type of stun coming out of uh, Team Solo mid-side, but... Uh, it was kind of an uphill battle for them. We saw, you know, uh, old school, you know, have a pretty strong build on the box. You know, back to this breaking points, um, sorrow blade and tornado trigger. Uh, I love Justin did a really strong job on that Taka using that glass cannon, shattered glass, going into a broken myth build to kind of just, you know, if he couldn't get the best Chuck who who went 0 and 7, he would just jump on, you know, flash. So. Uh, I didn't really know what TSM's plan was. I think they wanted to try out maybe a comp they've worked on on a strong team and see if it was, you know, if it does work. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't. And Cloud9 goes ahead and takes that game 19 to four. 
Yeah, I mean, they took it. Um, C9 got the ace at the 16-minute mark and just went and took Crystal for game one. So um, the TSM didn't really have much of an early game. Uh, there was a one point, like, at the five-minute mark they were trying. It looked like they might be able to try to turn it around. But, I mean, C9 just ended up turning it back around and steamrolled them and uh, made them look like that that draft was a very, very poor choice. So, Yeah, so for game two, uh, we see... Team Silliman have a much better much better draft coming out from them. Uh, they're on side A, Cloud9 on side B. Team Silliman goes ahead and bans away the Glaive right away, which is something they do quite often just because Glaive is an extremely flexible pick, so they take that away. Cloud9 goes ahead and takes away that Lance. Um, Team Silliman picks up Lyra right away, and then Cloud9 goes ahead and picks up that Gwyn. Um, kinda, I kind of miss the whole T Team Silliman picking up Kashka right away on side A. I felt like that was very successful for them. We actually didn't see Von C on that Kashka this weekend, or at least today. So, second round bans, we see Team Solomid ban away that Taka, and then we see Cloud9 ban away that Vox. Uh, last two pickups for each team, we see Team Solomid pick up a Kestrel and a Ringo, and then we see Cloud9 pick up that Samuel and then a Finn. So, uh, Team Solomid, they kind of have a very another uh, poke heavy draft with the Lyra Kestrel. Uh, Vox, especially with that CP Kestrel with um, Von C on that CP Kestrel. I know Von C uh, has started to pull this out a lot more. Uh, Von C, I mean, we see his build be pretty outrageous this game. I mean, for the builds that come came out with Best Chuck and Von C both having a four item builds, that's a lot of damage. And I was pretty surprised with how close this game actually was. Yeah, I mean, looking at the drafts, obviously compared to the first game, the drafts weren't near as even, but I thought this draft was much more even. It's much more of a standard draft that we see from Team Solomid. And looking at this draft, just going, okay, I'm you know, I'm not really sure who's got the edge here. Both these teams had, you know, had their strong points, I guess you could say. And, uh, I mean, C9, they had uh, the early game. It was a little bit better than TSM. And TSM needed to have that earlier game, especially being down one game to zero. But um, TSM had a great fight uh, at the six-minute mark. They took out old school, and uh, they were able to turn it around a little bit at that point and start pushing more against Cloud9. Yeah, I mean, we saw Von C pretty much throwing out his one-shot win kills whenever he did. Didn't have too much success on actually landing a lot of them, but uh, kind of just scouting, seeing where they were, um, you know, we saw a lot of um, Force Accords being thrown out, a lot of hooks being thrown out from um, Gabe Vizzle, and I was pretty surprised at Flash's, uh, you know, how many times he missed a Crucible and how many times Gabe actually got a pull-off. We even saw two reflex blocks on um, Flash, or we saw two reflex blocks on Best Chuck and Von C. So I was kind of surprised with how many times they got a successful pull out of that. And I mean, Gabe, he just looked really strong this game, making a lot of you know top plays for his team. Yeah, absolutely. And then we see, actually, it was pretty crazy. At one point, we saw Von C. Um, he was kind of you know like running away, um, but he turned to snipe. Uh, I can't remember. I think. It was uh, old school, I think, was the one that was left. I could be wrong on that. But uh, he turned to Snipe, and at the second that he used his ultimate, uh, he stepped on a scout trap, and he didn't have much health left. And that scout trap ended up killing Von C and giving uh, Cloud9 the ace buff. And that allowed then C9 to turn around, 
rundown and grab that Kraken really quick. That was very unfortunate for Von C. Yeah, it was a pretty big, pretty big turning point uh, for Cloud9 to kind of push that game and try to push it. But uh, unfortunately for Team Solo Mid, they had the chance to defend that Kraken pretty well. Uh, we saw another fight break out where um, another hook was pulled out by Gabe and he got a couple of the members, but they chased right into uh, Von C and his active camo and did a great job of turning that fight on them. Um, you know, Gabe overall did a really good job of, you know, trying to keep Best Chuck and Von C away from I Love Joseph and Cloud9. You know, we don't really see any dive comps happening here. We see no one being able to jump in and disrupt the other uh, carry. So it was kind of just poking back and forth. Who could have the better positioning? You know, we saw Best Chuck having good, great positioning sometimes throughout these team fights. But then there was a lot of times where Best, you know, Best Chuck got caught out one time. He's, you know, stepped through Flash's portal, I think, on accident. Maybe he wanted to to get in the back line. But, you know, unfortunately, his team just didn't follow through and, uh, you know, try to help him out. So uh, I think it was just, it was kind of back and forth. You know, final score was 17 to 15. 22 minute mark uh, team Stella mid actually won this game too so forced that uh the game three yeah which was actually re really weird i mean both these teams especially i mean i, I feel like they want to have that earlier game comp or maybe it's just because they're both so good that normally their opposition isn't quite to their level and they uh they kind of snowball the early game and win you know within anywhere from 12 minutes to 15 minutes most of the time they don't even need cracking and we see this game go to a 22 minute mark you just don't see tsm or c9 normally getting that late into the game. So that was a little bit of a different twist, I guess you could say, with this game. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at this third game, you know, it's definitely going to come down to these captains. Uh, I think both junglers, both uh, laners, they were they're pretty even in skill. I don't really think either one has a major advantage. Uh, Von C, you know, he's been struggling a little bit these last couple of, you know, days, weeks. Um, so I thought it was definitely going to come down to the captain plays and, uh, Gabe and Flash, and you know what? I think Gabe's doing a great job, and you know I think Flash needs to maybe get up to Gabe's level just because of the amount of plays that Gabe's been making on these lances, and even that Finn that game, you know he went um he went six and four on that that on a Finn, so that was pretty impressive coming out of him. Absolutely. So you want me to go ahead and dive into the draft here? Yep. Go ahead and break down draft number three. All right, so we got Cloud9 on back on side A. We got TSM on side B. Uh, right away we see Cloud9, they ban out that Kestrel. And then Team Solo Mid comes back and they ban out that Lyra. Um, that allows Cloud9 to pick up a Lance. And then Team Solo Mid, they go ahead and pick up that Gwen. So Cloud9, they come back with their ban. They ban out Samuel. And then Team Solo Mid bans out that Taka. Um, the, for the final two pickups, we got Cloud9 picking up Vox and a Glaive. I like that Glaive pickup. They can do a lot of CC with that. Um, and then TSM, their final two pickups are Sky and Arden. I was kind of surprised to see Flash X on that Arden. I mean, that's a hero that he used to be known for. Is a very probably still comfortable pick, kind of like riding a bicycle. He gets back on a comfortable hero. I right. think the Arden pick was a genius pickup. Get away from a flicker for a bit. Get on a more normal... Um, carry and i think arden did a great job in this game i think flash you know had some great gauntlets and i think flash was the main difference in this third uh third game yeah absolutely i mean i, I know that he's been known for that I just, it's just we haven't seen that in a while so it's a little thrown off with it um you know normally we see that obviously that flicker or that adagio or something more like that with flash x so 
don't get me wrong, I was excited to see him back on an Arden, but I just was a little more surprised with it. Yeah, so in this third matchup, you know, the teams are very cautious early on. Uh, a lot of just, you know, farming up, kind of filling each other out. Some team fights happening, but nothing really coming out of them. Both teams kind of getting low and then them backing out of the fights, waiting for the proper moment for them to totally uh, engage. You know, we see the first kill coming out at around just before, uh, you know, a minute 11 with Flash had a great ultimate, got um, Gabe Vizzle kind of caught out there for a bit and allowed his team to rotate down and help, uh, you know, get the ace. And I think it was just a really, I mean, 11 minutes in being the first kill so close to Kraken already spawning. Uh, able to rotate up and take turret. I think that was a, a good team fight right there for them. Yeah, absolutely. No one wanted to give up that early early uh, kill, and that kind of led up to, I mean, such a big buildup being that late in the game with the first blood close to the 11-minute mark. When someone does die with that much time already out, it's going to be the, the, the timers are much higher than what you know they are obviously a minute into the game. So the fact that they got that that kill and then they got the ace out of that fight they got the turret and the gold mine too. So that is just a huge swing right there, right when that first kill comes out because they get the turret with the 300 and the gold mine with the 300 as well. So that was kind of like the snowball there. Yeah, I mean, I just really love Von C. Sky and the way he plays Sky. I mean, he is not like most Sky or people when they play Sky. You know, if you would um, Surrey Strike and or, you know, reposition yourself and use your forward barrage. Uh, a lot of people use that to be far back, kind of hit them with their forward barrage. Von C, on the other hand, he'll use his Surrey Strike and jump right on top of the carry and be on top of them. So when he uses that forward barrage, he's literally one inch away to make sure he hits all of them. And it's very uh, all-in on that Sky. You know, if you're playing against maybe a weapon-powered Glaive in this case, which, I mean, he's not, but someone who would burst him down. But, I mean, Von C is very aggressive on that Sky. He does a really great job of... Um, getting into the fights, and I mean, Sky can be known as someone who sits back and does damage, but Von C definitely plays him as an upfront damage dealer, and I, I mean, every time Von C plays this guy, I feel like he normally wins with it. Um, I mean, this was a perfect game out of Team Silver Mid. You know, Flash kind of pulled himself together after a very rough start in that game one, uh, and definitely carried his team this in this game to uh, take that reverse, the reverse sweep on Team Sil or on Cloud Nine. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the TSM did a good job, like you said, composing themselves and getting that reverse sweep. So let's go ahead and dive into our, our next matchup of the day, our second semifinal, and that was going to be Tribe versus Hammers. So diving right into the draft, the first draft here, we had Hammers on side A and Tribe Gaming on side B. Uh, we see Hammers, they go ahead and ban out that Gwen, and then Tribe bans out that Kestrel. Uh, allowing Hammers to pick up that Glaive, which is a great pickup for them. Obviously, the Flex pick, we know Chicken's very good on that pick. Um, so Tribe, they come through and they pick up that Lyra. Uh, Hammers go ahead and for their second ban, they ban out Taka. Tribe bans out Lance. And then for the final two pickups, Hammers gets Kashka and Baron. And I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but we've seen this before, and it did not end well for the opposing team when there was a Kashka and Baron. Yeah, we actually didn't see the tension bow coming out of this Baron this time, but it was still pretty much the same results. Uh, the main key here for Hammers was uh, T-Tigers is just so overly aggressive, sometimes where it even doesn't work for him. Uh, we saw, you know, Tribe have a successful early game getting some of these early kills, which is unusual when you're playing against Akashka. 
But, uh, you know, starting was able to just sit back, farm up, and really just get that power spike he needed and didn't really get messed with. Uh, you know, he finished 9-2. and two, And, uh, you know, I was happy with how Tribe played this first game. I thought they were maybe going to win it. These team fights were going decently well for them in the beginning. Uh, you know, Pawn and Status, they did a decent job of having that damage split up between them. But, you know, T-Tigers went 4-3. and three, You know, it was decent. But, you know, starting all over was the, the big difference in these team fights. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk about. I mean, I thought it was crazy as I'm sitting here telling you that they got Kashka, Glaive, and Baron on hammers, and then for Tribe they got Lyra, Samuel, and Vox. Well, okay, immediately my mind's okay. First blood is going to go to hammers. No, it went to Tribe. So I was very surprised by that. That you know, T Tigers, we know he's very aggressive in that Kashka, and I figured he would get that first blood, but it actually went over to Tribe. So that was a little surprising to me. Yeah, I think. Uh... Game two of Tribe versus Hammers kind of was the same type of feeling. We saw Tribe have a great start. Uh, we saw an interesting draft coming out of Tribe as well. Um, Tribe on side A, Hammers on side B. Uh, Tribe goes ahead and bans away that, that Kestrel right away, and then Hammers go ahead and ban away that Gwyn. Uh, first pickup for Tribe is the Glaive, and then first pickup for Hammers is that Kashka again. So T-Tigers back on that Kashka to see if he can keep his perfect uh, win rate on her. Second round of bans, we see Lyra being banned away from Tribe, and then Lance being banned away from Hammers. Uh, I was kind of surprised with that, just because I don't think they wanted Hammers or try to pick up the Lance, and I'm sure Chicken would have loved to get on that Lance again. Uh, then the last two pickups for Tribe, you know, we see an interesting pickup here. We see Fortress. This is actually the first time Fortress has been picked. We saw Fortress being picked a lot in the last split, so it's kind of interesting to see how Fortress has kind of maybe fell back a little bit again and isn't picked up or prioritized as much as he once was. And then the last pickup, they pick up Vox. Then Hammers go and pick up Adagio and Ringo. So, you know, some pretty big comfort picks there for Hammers. It's kind of interesting to see how this maybe early game aggression is going to go with that Fortress paired up with this uh, Glaive. Even though it wasn't a weapon power, I always like seeing a weapon power. Uh, honestly, Pawn the original had a really great game this this game against Hammers, and we saw you know Tribe once again have a strong early game. They were picking up these kills early on. They were um, playing a really great game all together, but unfortunately, they made a few mistakes late game. Yeah, there was a lot of aggression early game, but I mean, going to that the end of the game there, Tribe they did get the first turret at the 14 minute mark. So I thought you know maybe they they were gonna try to turn it around. Uh, Tribe also had a good Kraken defense, the 17-minute mark. They only, I believe uh, Hammers only got one turret off of it. Um, they had a good team fight out of that. But, I mean, in the end, basically, Hammers just – they were too strong for Tribe. Um, you know, Tribe's new to the the the, uh, the VG8 here, this split, and they've only had two weeks. I think this team also, if they, they, they keep playing, they're right there at that level with this. I mean, Hammers, we go on, we'll see later that they actually took the split this week. And uh, – I think Tribe, they put up a good fight. I mean, they didn't take it to a game three, but they did very well this week. I think a uh, major thing was pointed out by Swee here. You know, Hammers actually just picked up a coach recently. They have a coach now on Hammer squad. I think that has something to do with their success recently. Uh, Tribe is new, but, you know, we see them winning in kills this game, 20 to 11, and they still lost. So, you know, the main question is, what are you doing when you get these kills? Where is your objective goals? Are you taking the major objectives? You know, they're up 12 kills, only winning by a 1,000 gold lead. So most of these other strong teams, if you're up by 12 kills, you're looking to end the game in the next minute. So we definitely see Tribe maybe needing to figure out how to capitalize on these early team fights, how to take these early game advantages to carry on to the mid-game 
game late game because we see Tribe having successful early games, but they're not able to carry this on. Uh, you know, we saw Kashka just T-Tigers being absolutely nuts. Like, literally, at one point, it was ridiculous. I think it was Jaws or someone was like, T-Tigers runs in and tries to fight 3v1, and Jaws is like, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> and I was just like, what is T-Tigers doing? I was really surprised. He's not, like, he's not a dumb person. He understands where he can, you know, when he can survive, when he can win. And I was just like, he's kind of just, you know, feeding. But then he still ends up starting to win these team fights later and later, even though Kashka should fall off late game. But in this case, Tribe just started making mistakes and wasn't wasn't able to win. They misrotated. They gave up Kraken twice. They should have never gave up a Kraken. You shouldn't be giving up Krakens when you're winning that yeah. many. And I mean, even though they had a great defense and they only gave up one turret, it still allowed uh, Hammers to maybe push that uh, advantage on their positioning and having more map control. Yeah, it was just Tribe trying to slow it down. I mean, obviously, the inevitable was coming because Hammers, when they get that lead, they're not going to give up that lead. So, I mean, we see Hammers, they get that ace at the 23-minute uh, the mark, and they go ahead and finish off that game, too. So, valiant effort by Tribe, but Hammers is going on to play TSM for our final matchup. Yeah, uh, once again, we see Hammers versus TSM. We were kind of looking to see if Hammers is be able to continue their aggressive play style, their dominant play style that we saw from last week. That was something we were looking forward to going into this week. Uh, so I was interested to see how Hammers was going to draft against TSM. I was definitely interested to see how TSM was going to draft and how what they maybe were going to pull out. Uh, you, they always keep us on our toes. So, yeah, I mean, game one of finals, we see, you know, Team Solo mid on side A, Hammers on side B. Team Solo mid once again, like they have always do. They ban away that glaive right away. And then Hammers ran away that Gwen. Um, I think Gwen this week, let's see, she had been banned um, nine times. So Gwen was the highest banned this week. And then we saw Gwen actually actually got picked up six times and won four of those six. So she still has a pretty, she's still pretty strong right now. Had a better success on that win, weight to, win rate. Let's get my the words win. Right. <laughs> The win, win weight. The win weight. <laughs> R's and W's, they're all the same in the English language. Um, yeah. But then we see, you know, Kestrel being picked up for Team Solomid. You know, Kestrel, I was pretty surprised as well. Numbers for her this week. We see Kestrel being banned five times. Then we see Kestrel being uh, picked up seven. So uh, Kestrel's definitely being placed in the higher tier for actually laners, not just junglers, even though in this case uh, the Kestrel does go into the jungle. Uh, we see Hammer's first pick, uh, Lance, and then we see the Kashka being banned away from Team Solo Mid, and then we see the Lyra being banned away for Hammer's. The last two pickups for Team Solo Mid was this Flicker, and then a Vox, and then we see a Ringo and a Samuel being picked up from Hammer's. So, you know, Flicker's 6-0. Flash hasn't lost on this Flicker. I was pretty confident going into this game that Team Solo Mid was going to win because they have this Flicker paired up with two ranged, which is now starting to become a very strong comp. Yeah, I was interested to see too. I know I can't remember if Sweet J or Tasty was saying that it was that six and a no flicker, but um, I was like, well, that's a good point. I mean, Flash X has not lost this flicker, so do you just give it over to Team Solo Mid right away? But at the same time, Hammers has been Team Solo Mid's kryptonite. So yeah, one of these teams obviously had to uh, lose, and I was interested to see if that Flash X was going to make this flicker work or if Hammers was going to come through. Uh, a good counter to Flicker is that Lance. So I thought it was interesting that um, Flash X picked up that Flicker, even though he already knew that, that Lance was on the board. Yeah, I mean, maybe someone like a Fen would have been a strong pickup in this case. 
that way you don't have those Githian walls being a big effect. You know, we see Chicken doing some insane work. You know, Gla uh, Gabe was probably the best one this week until Chicken in this finals. Chicken showed up major on this this Lance. Just some ins I, I don't know. I think Lance is the best captain right now. He just has to be. There's nothing more annoying than being impaled and then stunned over and over during team fights. You can really, you know, definitely if you get some a crystal infusion on you, you get some crystal on you, those impales and stuns even last a little longer. So, I mean, I nothing's changed. Lance was banned six times and Lance was picked up and played nine and won six of those. So great success rate coming out of these Lances. I'm surprised TSM didn't put more emphasis on banning away that Lance. So I mean, let's get into the game and kind of break down all the crazy things that happened and maybe why this flicker wasn't successful for uh, Flash. Yeah, I mean, so early on, there was a lot of aggression. I mean, uh, first blood went to TSM at the one-minute mark, but Hammers turns around. They get two kills right off the back of that. Uh, there was five kills before the two-minute mark, so that's pretty uh, pretty bloodthirsty there. Um, Flash X was dominant on the flicker in the early game. The early game, I want to emphasize that because, I mean, there was parts he was catching out, uh, starting all over on his own, and he ended up, I mean, obviously starting all over, didn't have full health, but he was still getting ganks by himself and taking down, starting all over. So um, good early game, but as we see that that starts to fall off and Hammer starts to take over. I mean, and when you say early game, in this case, we're talking about by minute three, the, the advantage to TSM is gone. Um, we saw first kill going over to Team Silla mid, but they kind of stuck around. T-Tigers rotated up and got two kills. T-Tigers ports back home with 1,600 gold in his pocket by minute three. He's picking up three to four items. He gets a huge advantage over Von C. Uh, Von C doesn't build defense. He's a Crystal Kestrel. He's not supposed to. And when you can get that splash damage coming out of T-Tigers, Von C had a very rough game. Uh, going into this game, we kind of talked about on the desk, they talked about, uh, you know, Fonsi needs to be better than T-Tigers. Fonsi wants to prove he's better than T-Tigers. It's kind of been talked about how T-Tigers maybe is better than Fonsi, has been playing better than Fonsi. And during this game, T-Tigers definitely proved himself, and Fonsi definitely struggled. I know he's a very confident player. He thinks he's the best jungler in the world. But, man, T-Tigers just played outstanding this game. Yeah, between T-Tigers and Chicken, uh, I noticed both of them. I thought that you know maybe that Chicken was going to go for a contraption, but they decided against that, and they were just going to go with just buying mines and flares. And I was noticing that at one point, T-Tigers, he had five flares in his inventory along with Chicken. So, I mean, both, you know, two of the, two of the three guys were having flares to try to spot out this flicker, and that might, I mean, obviously is the kryptonite to that flicker because, if you can see where he's going when he's stealth, then that defeats the whole purpose of that stealth, and you can catch that flicker out, which is what kept happening to Flash. He kept getting caught out. Yeah, I mean, even when T-Tigers throws out his Drifting Dark, that can kind of spot, because you do take damage if you're standing in that, uh, you know, yeah. uh, flicker. If you lose an early game advantage and your team doesn't have power spikes, flicker is not the best, you know, upfront type hero to sit there and take damage and be able to you know last long if your team is not able to you know follow up you know flicker only had flicker has you know a base health of 800 doesn't have as high of shield compared to other normal um captains so you know flicker just struggles if you don't have an early game that is strong enough so you know this game pretty much ends at minute 17 uh the scores coming out of hammers are pretty insane we got t tigers 10 and 1 
and then starting all over 11 and 4 unfortunately best Chuck just couldn't get his positions to maybe do the damage he needed to he finished 1 and 8 Bonsi finished 2 and 8 pretty disappointing first game for team Solomon absolutely so leaping into game 2 uh <laughs> We got Hammers on side A. We got Team Solomid on side B. Um, right away, we see Hammers. They go ahead and ban out that Gwyn. Team Solomid bans out that uh, Utility Glaive. Uh, so then we see Hammers picking up that Lance right away. Team Solomid picks up that Lyra. Hammers bans out the Vox. Team Solomid bans out that Samuel. They definitely don't want T-Tigers back on that Samuel. But that's part of the hard part with T-Tigers. He has so many heroes he can play. Um, Hammers, they go ahead and pick up Ringo and Kashka. So there you see um, two comfort picks for starting all over and uh, for T-Tigers. And heck, might even well f for Chicken, uh, that Lance. That This whole draft from Hammers is just spelling disaster for Team Solomid because they all got on their comfort picks. I mean, we do see, though, Best Chuck and A, they get the Kestrel, and then Von C gets his Taka, and we know Von C on his Taka is probably one of the better Takas that we those, we will see. Those still aren't comfort picks. They don't look uh Von C, yes, I maybe agree that could be a comfort pick, but I mean just Chuck on this Kestrel, I don't really think he, he doesn't look as strong. We see Vox is banned, we see Gwyn is banned. He kinda got forced into that Kestrel. Maybe playing a Baron, I don't think that would work against uh, this comp coming out of Ringo and Ka uh, Kashka. That's a pretty aggressive comp. Um, so, I, I don't know. It was just a rough draft for Team Solomon, I guess. Maybe uh, throwing a Crystal laner, I don't think that would work. I just don't think those are very viable right now. So it was definitely a rough start for Team Solomon. I was hoping they'd be able to win this game. You know, I was also, I was full nerd today. It was freaking amazing i was watching cloud nine versus tsm the league of legends finals absolutely insane best of five the final game was nuts like dude the crowd they're in a stadium and there's just thousands of people watching these matches go down every team fight every time someone dies you just hear the crowd like ooing and awing and like gasping and cheering and like people like getting mad it's, it's just insane how hype it is and uh team team still amid and uh, the guys from, you know, Brutal Turtle and the other guys from the League of Legends team from Team Solomid won the championship. So, hey, you know, Team Solomid needed to win this one so they could have both of the Team Solomid teams getting that championship. But, um, you know, that didn't what, really... What's, what's League of Legends? What's League of Legends? Uh, I mean, yeah. they only had multiple hundreds of thousands of people watching. So, definitely much more known than Vanguard. <laughs> Uh, Vanguard will be there one day, so I'm not even worried about it. I hope so, because that would be nuts. Anyway, back to Vanguard. Yeah, so Chicken, still a story for, for me. Uh, his Impale's Githian Walls, pretty much, in, I mean, Von C couldn't really do much. You know, you can kite in, he can do all this stuff, but he gets knocked into the wall. He gets knocked out of his, uh, you know, his box, his invis, his very difficult starting all over his build was pretty weird he went uh sorrow blade tension bow breaking point uh tension bow on ringo don't think we've really seen that i cannot remember ever seeing a tension bow on that ringo so it was a pretty interesting build coming out of him uh was pretty successful he went three and four but you know t tigers once again the hard carry 11 and three on that kashka yeah i mean we see you know Kind of went back and forth there a little bit at the in the middle of the fight. Uh, Hammers had a good fight at the six-minute mark, taking the first turret. 
uh, TSM, they came back and they took their first tour at the eight minute mark. And then just all of a sudden it was hammers getting an ace at nine minutes mark and they were taking out turret number three. Um, TSM, they did get the gold mine at 10 minutes. So that was good. They snuck that in there. Um, but chicken was just so good with his lands play today. I think that was the deciding factor on why hammers ended up edging out team solo mid in the second match. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if teams need to start banning Lance more just because of the amount of CC that comes out of him, and it's a major nuisance when you're fighting in these jungles. There's tons of walls to get knocked into and get stunned, and uh, you know, even if you are running away and you feel you're safe, if Lance lands the very last tip of his impale and you get stuck, you know, that's enough time for starting to blow you up for Kashka to maybe get close enough to jump on you. It's insane how you know close and how little of a difference. That's just the difference, right? That just tilts players when they get that edge of the sword to just really you think you're safe, and it's like just barely catches you, and you're like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, so, you know, Hammers, once again, at the very end of this match, they go ahead and get that ace, and they're like, you know what? We're just going to push and, you know, end the game and take this second week, and uh, everything has is it's gone to shit, man. If I'm being honest here, we <laughs> thought Team Solo Mid was in first. We thought they had it wrapped up. There's no way they're gonna lose it. Um, and you know, Hammers they go ahead and get themselves kind of in striking distance. Uh, the interesting thing is next week, Team Solo Mid and Hammers do go head and head first week. So if Team Solo Mid lose the Hammers, they don't get one point out of that. Uh, Hammers could in fact take first place from Team Solo Mid. Which is huge. We know that that, I mean, talking about going into the, the unified live championships that teams one and two get, um, they get a buy the first day. So it gives you an opportunity to kind of scout that competition and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't really discuss it, but let's go ahead and give out our MVPs. Uh, I think our first one, let's just get it out of the way. Uh, let's <laughs> do chicken on his Lance. He played so much. He went 10 and 10 this weekend with 55 assists. That is the highest number of assists on any of the, the captains. So, uh, bravo to chicken. I'm really impressed. You know, I believe chicken back in the day, he has been a laner for, uh, a gangster team at one point he has moved around, moved positions. So, uh, chicken on this Rome captain, he's becoming up there on high on my list. I was pretty impressed uh, he gave Gabe a run for his money on best Lance. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, so um, for our jungler, I think we're going to have to go with T-Tigers. Do you agree with that? So our jungler, let's see, between T-Tigers and Von C, T-Tigers went 34, 13, and 41. Uh, Von C, you know, he went 27, 22. So uh, T-Tigers had much stronger games coming out of him. I was really impressed with... Um, just what he was able to do on Samuel on he didn't even touch did he touch pedal at all I don't think he did I don't believe he did no yeah so no. I I think our our two team our two members from Hammers right now are two Tigers and Chicken both MVP so uh, here's my I'm gonna throw out my uh, MVP for Laner here so pawn the oh, original cool. on Tribe he went thirty one and eight by himself and this is without the third place match so i have no idea what he could have done during those matches to help boost his score uh his status went seven and eight so you know for me pawn he is hard carrying right now that tribe team and i think if he starts getting more support coming out of status which is really surprising for me to say i never thought status was weak i'm not saying he is weak but you know pawn the original had an insane weekend coming out of him he really had a really proved himself as one of those top tier laners 
Yeah, I mean, obviously we know that what status can do. I completely agree with you that if status can get uh, to a, a higher level, not, I guess, finishing at eight and seven, but if he can do more damage, this team, this tribe team could be very, very deadly. So, I mean, starting all over, we might want to mention his name. We can discuss if we want to give it to starting or um, pawn. But, you know, starting, he did go 40, 20, and 20. Uh, that's pretty impressive. He did have 20 deaths. Not that. He did have, he had one really bad game with a really terrible positioning on Ringo. He went like 2 and 8 or something. But uh, I don't know. I just think Pawn coming off the team he's coming off of and doing that well against the teams he played, I was pretty impressed with Pawn's play. Absolutely. I got nothing else to say. You're completely right. So we're going to give it to Pawn the original? Yeah, let's, do, let's give it to Pawn. Why not? All right, sounds good. I mean, you know, Team Solo Mid in general, just looking at their scores, you know, I'm just they just having they had just a sloppy weekend. You know, Best Chuck going 27 and 24, Von C going 27 and 22, and Flash going 10 and 18. So a lot of deaths coming out of this squad. We don't really see them playing uh, as smart as they may have in the past, where they kind of get a lot of kills, not as many deaths. They don't give up smart, or they don't give up dumb deaths even when they are winning. And you know, they kind of just struggled this week with their positioning and maybe other team fights in general so you know I'm, we'll see teams team team in next week we'll see if they have a good week of practice and they come out and maybe get over that barrier that they keep getting stopped from from hammers all right you're gonna be feeling better next week uh we'll see who knows <laughs> you gotta fight it off man take a, a lot of vitamin c <laughs> right all right let's go ahead and do these point breakdowns real quick then before we in this episode, um, EU real quick. Uh, G two did win the e, uh, EU for this weekend, correct? Yep, they did. Yeah, so we're kind of seeing a little bit of a stretch now in EU. We got G two at the top with thirty one, Team Secret with twenty eight, SK with twenty seven, Fnatic with twenty one, Cyclone with twenty, uh, Rising Lotus with nine, Fluffy Chickens with three, Mouse Sports with zero. Uh, so we see that Team Secret needing to hold off SK next week. Uh, Team Secret's going to want to keep that second place, maybe bunch up, bunch, bump up to that first place if they can. Uh, Cyclone and Fnatic, they're also uh, pretty safe down there in those positions. We'll see if Fluffy Chickens can somehow make a run to take over Rising Lotus and to get into that sixth place uh, for North America. We've kind of talked about this a little bit. We have Team Solo Mid with 40, Hammers with 33, Cloud9 with 25, Gangstars with 19, Immortals with 6, Rogue with 4, Temple Storm with 4, Tribe with 3. I'm not sure if that's correct because I think the third place match was still going on at that time. So that may be different depending if they did beat um, Cloud9. So Cloud9 may have more points as well. So... Not sure if that's the official points, but it's pretty close to it. Team Solomon and Hammers at the top. I think those two teams will be seeing in the first and second place going into the live finals. Yep. Anything else you want to drop on our listeners before we uh, let them go? I got nothing else. You got all the knowledge. You dropped all the knowledge. I dropped all the knowledge. Yes, sir. All right, well, I will see you next time when we do our predictions for the last weekend of Split 2. It's going to be pretty crazy. Are you excited? 
yeah, I'm excited to see the final store uh, standings for both EU and NA and kind of see who we're going to, you know, challenger battles may not be as important this round because we will be heading into the live final. So I don't think we'll be seeing much change out of challenger battles, even if teams do lose at the bottom, unless they do beat a sixth place team, they would take their points. And then that means that team possibly could be going to the live finals. That would be kind of nuts. Uh, you know, challenger right. battles. We do have Echo. We do have, uh, you know, teams like the Rage Pingers, uh, the Giraffes. We got a, we got a lot of strong teams still in the mix there. Uh, Misfits. I think they're in the losers bracket. They actually just lost to Lost Baboons or whatever, which used to be no Noble Pro. I think Noble Pro maybe dropped them or something happened there. So uh, Misfits have to work their way back up. Uh, I'll be excited to see if Echo Fox can take that challenger battles first place and maybe challenge that uh sixth place because you know fuji is not gonna take the easy route he's gonna take the hardest route get the most points and try to get into the live finals yeah also side note might be uh worthy of noting that energy is out as well so we won't be seeing hard deck and chambo uh so kind of sucks i was hoping to see them but they're out already yeah that is kind of disappointing uh we'll see you know, who knows what may happen this summer coming up. That's something we'll be discussing much more in depth with maybe player changes. I know a lot of these players are under your contracts now, so I doubt we'll be seeing too much movement from these teams. A lot of these teams will be sticking together to work on these team bondings and kind of stick it out and figure things out. So uh, it'll be interesting. I'm excited for the rest of Vainglory for uh, the spring and going into the summer splits. So I think that's all we have, man. Cheers. Cheers. That wraps up our episode 15. This was a little longer episode. Crew and I just had so much to talk about. There's a lot of excitement coming out of this week two. Um, we'll be looking forward to this last week of split two. There's only three weeks and then we head into the challenger battles. So um, a lot to happen in one week. A lot of things can change. Uh, I think all of the bottom teams, none of them play each other. So. We'll see. There could be a pretty complicated uh, tie for that sixth spot. We'll see how it ends up playing out. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at TFR underscore esports. Uh, you can follow our other podcasts, the Time for Rolling podcast with Arvin and Bleco at Time for Rolling on Twitter. Uh, they'll be having new episodes uh, like they do every week. Always be following them and following us to see when these new episodes come out. I think that is all I have for you guys. We will see you next time when we do our predictions for week three. Uh, and that's it. Cheers. Time for rolling.